and welcome everybody to the Paddock Podcast for the very last time this year. We are just before Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Don't forget, we are your podcast covering all the Logitech G Supercar Pro Invitational news results and everything else to go with it. We are here at the end of the season. Officially, Jared Philsell has his trophy. Go check out the Facebook page. Uh, you can see all the him, all the photos with him with his Bathurst trophy, uh, the running Bathurst trophy, and the overall series champion trophy. Really good stuff. Congratulations, Jared Philsell. I am Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I'm joined by Sandman. How are you tonight, Sandman? I'm um, good, Wilco. Uh, good to talk to you, mate. It's a little while between drinks, and uh, mate, I can't believe we're at the end of an amazing season. We are, and it happened, and there is so much that's happened, and we're already talking about next year already. We've got a whole chunk of this podcast dedicated to next year, uh, and and it's just crazy. It's crazy that Christmas is this coming week. Uh, we weren't going to get this out in time, but we. We're making it happen because there's so much happening in the new year. Uh, look, we went to Phillip Island only a couple of weeks ago, Sandman. It feels like forever ago, but it, it happened. Uh, we did a we did a race around Phillip Island for round 10. Brady Myers wins the first race, wins the last race by about five and a half seconds. We have Rich Tamstead and Madison down getting third there. Uh, Andrew Gilliam in the top four. Uh, Jake Maloney there. Griffin Gardner doing his best. Uh, he needed to do his best to get into the automatic qualification, and he did it by getting uh, in that top 10 result, which gets him home by 18 points in the season to finish 20th for the season. So well done, Griffin Gardner, driver of the day as well. Luke Rosella, 7th. Uh, Bretton Hobson doing a great job to finish his season off in 8th there. Uh, Wayne Burke, 9th. And Kurt Stenberg rounding out your top 10. Uh, as always, Phillip Island, a great place to race, a great place to call, I'm assuming. What's it like calling Phillip Island, a track I'm sure you've, you're very familiar with? Do you, do you love throwing the names for the corners in all the time, Sandman? <laughs> I get, I think I get caught up in too much of the action to get worried about the names, but it, yeah, it's such an iconic racetrack and it's played a, a special part in a lot of our uh, motorsport memories, whether it be, you know, V8s and, and MotoGP and like that. That track is world class, and um, you know when we found out that it was going to be part of our Logitech Supercars Pro Invitational Series, we were, we were chuffed, and I was excited because you know I love Phillip Island, and the racing around there is really good value. So yeah, it was a it was a great race, and uh, TTR absolutely dominated. Yeah, very well done. Like that's something we don't mention because we we had a, a lot of um, uh, SSR the old um, uh, one, two, three podiums, even if one, two, three, four podiums, but to finish off the season with, with the one, two, three, it was a really, really good, really good job for them uh, as well. Um, you were fairly under the weather for the race from my memory. Uh, this one, I oh, wasn't too bad. It was the one before I got, it um, before? Yeah, we I didn't quite... get you for the last episode of the podcast anyway. That's what it was. Yes, that's you... it. I missed out on having a good chat to you. So I, I had believe... to bring in a young Brenton O'Brien to fill in the shoes and the big shoes they were. And we just, we didn't even bother about trying to fill them. We just went and did our own thing. It was really Mate, good he's, fun. He's going to put me out of a job if he keeps that up. I don't think we should invite him anymore. He suggested doing it snowing downhill <laughs> backwards next time as well. I said no. <laughs> Those things are. If anyone can pull it off, he can. Oh, he definitely could. <laughs> now, look, where the race is won, the series is over. We want to do a wrap of the series more than a, a race recap. Uh, we also want to do, like I said, the qualifying series is about to happen. Mm. We've got the pre qualifying. Uh, just about to happen as well, or is it underway? I'll keep on getting it. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be underway or close to anyway. There's a massive list of people trying to qualify for those final 25 spots. So I hear the, the racing series is now 45 spots next that, year. Well, that and I just one thing I'm um, I just can't get my head around is how many people have registered so far. Yep. I mean, I don't know that. I don't know if we can officially say the numbers, so I won't say any numbers, but there is a massive amount of drivers that are unfortunately <laughs> going to have their work cut out for them to make the grid because when I found out how many were registered, I was like, holy crap, like they have really got some work cut out for them. Yeah, so it's on the website, the the list of names that are, are uh, attempting to qualify or in the qualifying series, and I was going to rattle them off, and then I realised, wow, that's a lot of names, and we're not <laughs> going to get through that at all. So yep. good luck to those people fighting for those 25 spots left in the series for next year after the top 20 
did do it, but I want to talk about that in a sec. I want to get the first interview out of the way so we can move on and talk about the the season that was and how it all shaped up, the best, the worst moments, um, all that kind of stuff, and obviously Jared Philsell. But first of all, I'm going to take you to a man who everyone in this series knows, I'm sure. Everyone in this series has a bit of paint on their car from him. Uh, it was a really good chat we had, and I, I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. But here's Jake Burton. And just a little bit of, of what it's like being Jake Burton in the in the world, and let alone, but the actual Supercars E Series. Uh, sorry, and uh, the 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 Logitech G Supercar Pro Invitational as well. Take it away, Jake. And welcome to the podcast, Jake Burton, the number eight from the Logitech G Supercar Pro Invitational. I'm never going to get that rolling off my tongue. How are you, Jake? Yeah, good, mate. It's uh, it's not the easiest thing to say, is it? But um... no, I've got to work out an easy way to do it. Look, mate, I've got you here because you've got COVID and we want to talk all about COVID and vac- No, Look, how are you, first of all? We're getting into the silly season. How you been? End of the end of the Logitech, yeah, that thing, the Supercar Pro Invitational. We've finished that up. We're into this break period. How are you as a person? Yeah, good mate. It's um, you know, I've got some new beginnings coming up. I'm I'm changing careers at the end of this year, which is going to be interesting. And um, obviously the the last round at Phillip Island probably didn't go quite the way I wanted. But um, re- really, to be honest, since the Supercars E Series ended, I didn't really have a good race. Um, but still had a had a bunch of fun this year. So um, you know, generally pretty excited for for 2023, both in the sim and you know professionally, I guess. Take us through your, your season. I want to get into you personally in a second. I want to get into that career change. I'm interested about that. Uh, you famously almost won a race this year, race one. Did you win one after that? Uh, no. No, to, no. To be honest, I, I, don't, I wasn't really in contention to win one since the first round, really. And I think a lot of that was... Because the first couple of rounds, I really had a proper crack. Um, Winton, yep. I probably just wasn't quite fast enough, but I was up the front the whole time. I think I finished top four both races, yeah. but ne- never enough to beat Jared. Um, I think round one was really the best opportunity I had, but but then sort of Supercars E Series hit, and really I didn't have a decent go at any of the races after that, other than the Enduros, which which both went pretty poorly for me. So um, yeah, yeah, a bit of a shame. So where's it sit? You've got a, a big 12-month-long, let's, let's say about 10, what, 10 months from start to finish, maybe a little bit less. How hard is it? It sounds like it's fairly hard to keep with, with so many things going on, so many competitive things going on in your life. How, how is it to keep that focus on, on a series like this? I, it's tough. Like I, I had a, a real crack at the start of the season, as I say, because that was before the E-Series, but that, that six-week period really just knocks you around. Um, like for me, working a full-time job, um, so many other commitments on the side, like doing work for VRS, etc., um, as well as, you know, trying to have somewhat of a, a life and a social life as well. Um, to, to have that six-week period is so full-on. And to be honest, once it's over, um, especially with the way my E-Series ended, it's it, you sort of just want a bit of a break from the sim. So yeah. so keeping my motivation... I, I still had a, had a proper go in all the races, but I didn't do the, the, the real practice that I should have done to be as competitive as I was at, say, Sebring and Winton. Um, but... Yeah, it, it is tough. It is tough when you when you work a full time job and then do three hours a night on the sim for that six week period. It's 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 really hard to stay motivated. I would be so. I want to quickly talk about how much time you really need. So we've talked about it before. A lot of you drivers that have been at this level, you've raced just about every race uh, track in iRacing. You've done it over and over again. You've done the practice before. How much is it worth, you reckon, that that fresher that you need to do if you do three to four hours a couple of nights a week to get ready for a round like uh, the for the Pro Invitational? How much, like, are you, are we talking tenths of a second or are we talking half a second? How, what's that extra little bit of polish earn you? Well, well, every sort of, hun- like, the closer you get to the front, the harder it takes to find time. Um, that, yeah. that, that's for sure. So a good example for me would be Spa. Uh, that was the round directly after the Supercar Z series. And I was, I was cut. I was destroyed after that, to be honest. And I probably did. I literally joined the server for the one hour's official practice. And that, that was all the practice I did for that week. So I, I did an hour. I think I qualified fourth or fifth and, and finished 
you know, sixth or seventh, I think, in the end. So I, I'm fairly confident that with an hour of practice, I can I can be in the window. But to yep. be on the level of, of your sort of Jared's, Brody's, Madison's of the world, um, I, I think, you know, assuming they're fully practiced, of course, because they, they don't always do full well, practice either. Jared, I don't think he did an ounce of practice the whole year. Yeah, well, like you can tell when Jared hasn't. Like I think at Phillip Island, you could tell his championships won and he yeah. was in a similar boat to me at Spa in a, in a sort of way. But um, re- really, I think to, to get to that proper level, I probably need three or four hours, may, maybe a little bit more to be really competitive. Like that's the sort of hours yep. I probably put in for Sebring and Winton. But I, I know I can be top 10 with an hour's practice, but to, to do it properly um, and to be in contention to win, it's really got to be three or four for me. Yeah, and you talk about this season where it didn't quite go as planned, you weren't focused on all that kind of stuff, but you came 10th in the series, and that's with no result in Phillip Island, according to the website, but we won't worry about that. Um, but 10th overall for the season, I know it's probably, it says here on the website how you don't like to be beaten. We'll get onto that in a moment too, but um, does it still feel good to be able to be in the pro invitational and be in the top 10, even though it wasn't a very good season for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I had a lot of fun this season and learned a lot, had some great races. Like, Sebring alone made this whole season for me. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> to, to be that competitive, um, you know, in, in my mind, I sort of won that race because yeah. I, I came off the last corner in the lead, obviously gutted yeah, that said I... you won it, mate. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> That's right. But, like, sort of in my mind, I feel like I did everything at, yeah. as a driver that I needed to do to win that race. I just needed literally like half a second more fuel so you know taking that extra fuel wouldn't have really impacted my race at all other than the fact i would have got to the line so you know i I do feel like it's been quite good um as i say i I do want to have a real big crack at this season it's just so hard after that e-series to to stay motivated i I don't really know how jared did it to be honest like i know he's got some really good teammates around him Um, same with madison which makes quite a big difference but um yeah staying motivated after that series was uh, really tough, I think. So let's go there. You're on the website as a privateer. Is that true still? Uh, as of right now, yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I basically that sort of came from Vendival. So um, I, I was racing with Vendival for a lot of GT and international stuff, and yeah. that's where my relationship with Griffin sort of started um, as we were both driving there. But... Um, you know, I was privateer as far as the supercar was concerned, and obviously that team folded a couple of months back now. Um, so technically still a privateer. Um, it's obviously complicated because I, I work with Madison and the Supercars E-Series, so um, there are times where I work together with those guys as well. But, um, you know, I am a, still a privateer as far as, um, as far as it's concerned right now. Is that something you would be looking at changing in the future or is it just too complicated to, to go down that road at the moment? Uh, for the right team, um, you know, I, I'm lucky that I've sort of been running as a privateer basically since my relationship ended with TTR a few years ago, um, and I've still managed to get plenty of results in that time. So I don't, I don't really feel like I need a team to be competitive. Yep. Um, I feel like I can be competitive without them. Um, perhaps it takes a little bit more work, but um, for me, if I were to join a team, it would have to be a team with a, a really good social environment because that would be, again, what would make it worth it for me. I, I don't think, you know, there's a huge amount of time to be gained in setups and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm relatively across it. It's just if, if a team has a good social environment, um, I'd love to be a part, more than open to it. There you go. Potential team owners out there, you, you've heard it. You, you've got the offers. Bring the offers coming in. Bring them in right now. So I've, I'm looking here. You've got plenty of real-world experience as well, right? Um, give us some, just a bit of a rundown of that history and what's been your highlight of that kind of stuff. Oh, well, obviously, I, I raced go-karts for a long time. Um, actually, you know, my first couple of years of karting, I grew up racing with Brody, funnily enough, and... Um, yeah, later on, uh, it took me quite a while to get good in go-karts, we'll say. My, my sort of um, ability took a long time to set in. Um, and, and yeah, won, won a couple of state championships in my later years, but the, the reality it was is my parents, or me for that matter, probably couldn't afford to send me into car racing. Um, so then I chased the whole Aussie driver search thing and won that and 
and then raced a year and a half in the 86 series, which was cool. Um, but yeah, pro- probably being in that series, it, it's hard to, to say isn't the highlight. Um, you know, racing at those tracks and on, on that kind of uh, stage is really, really epic. Um, but, you know, compared to the likes of Josh Anderson, Brody, etc., I haven't had that level of success, but, um, you know, still a really, really cool experience and, and dying to get back to something like that, to be honest. I'm very interested in the last one on the website. You're currently building your own Hyundai XL Cup car. Where, where's that process taking you so far? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's actually been quite tough. It's taken us about two years so far just because, you know, I actually had a lot of difficulty getting parts and stuff like that throughout the COVID period. And um, obviously working a full-time job, doing the E-Series amongst other commitments, it's sort of something that I just do when I get time. Um, but yeah, Emily and I are doing that together and um, it's not far from done now. I just got a few little issues I got to iron out, but um, I'm hoping it'll be on the track this year, to be honest, so... Well, that'll be excellent to, to follow that. There's, there's, we just talked to Ethan Grigot last week and uh, or last episode, and yeah, it's fascinating the whole Hyundai series. I need money so I can do something silly like that. Um, not that I'm any good, but let's get back to this career. Currently, what are you doing, and what spurred on this career change? Well, so for the next four days, <laughs> um, I uh, I'm an autobahn store manager actually. Um, so um, you know that that's not too bad. It's something yeah. I've worked for. I started there as a casual back home in Perth and um, sort of moved up through the ranks and was a store manager for the last year. But um, actually got a pretty cool opportunity in uh, in sim racing to do a full time job in sim racing uh, starting next year. So um, yeah. Couldn't couldn't really say no to that. Really, it's you know pretty dream opportunity to come around. So yeah, and we're obviously not allowed to talk about that. You shit. Um. Well, a few of my close friends know, but um, I can't. I probably don't want to talk too much no. about it just yet. But um, it's yeah, with a Melbourne-based uh, sim racing hardware manufacturer. So well, there you go. That narrows it right down. Cool. Um, it, it is fascinating. These we're talking about. I think in the last couple of episodes, everything that that's bat, that Bathurst episode. All these people who are actually getting careers from sim racing in the sim racing world. Like, how big of a dream is that for you? I know you said you couldn't turn it down, but how big of a dream is that for you? Oh, it's, it's epic. And, um, you know, thinking I could turn this into something has actually been sort of a reality for me for quite a while, fortunately, with VRS. Um, yep. So that's been, I think, since 2017. But the opportunities are coming everywhere. Like at the Adelaide 500 last weekend, I, I worked as a data engineer for BJR, um, yep. not too dissimilar to Andy Gilliam, actually. I actually saw him on the weekend. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible what especially the – the last couple of years with the Supercars E series and stuff like that and COVID has really just made everything blow up. So um, it's been really, really cool to to see that happen. And I'm honestly stoked to be starting a full-time job in it next year. It's just, it's going to mean a lot for me and, you know, means I can do a lot more involvement with the community and um, spend a lot more time sim racing as well, which will be cool. So if you were young jake back in 2008 and you currently go to him and say hey you'll be working in sim and you'll be partnering with bjr like what would you think what would you be thinking back then oh, i probably wouldn't believe it to be honest but um you know i've always wanted to make racing my sort of career in some way and to be fair back in 2008 i was probably young enough and racing go-karts i probably thought i was going to be a formula one driver so um yes. you know it's always had big dreams i guess with racing and i'm yeah pretty lucky to be making one of them i guess a reality this year but we'll see what was it like that rig when you were 10 years old that you jumped onto for the very first time i've actually always had relatively good gear i sort of started on a on a playstation just playing race driver and that sort of thing and gran turismo and whatnot and had a sort of driving force gt was my first ever wheel and then eventually started pc stuff um sort of in that 2007 2008 time you were talking about um just as a way to do racing not on the weekends i guess um i just had a g25 on a desk um and actually stayed that way for quite a while, probably till about 2013-ish, which is when I sort of started racing properly. Um, started doing the V8 Monday night series and that sort of thing. Um, and at that time, sort of went up to a rig. And funnily enough, it's actually a rig I had until just last year. Um, wow. It was sort of a homemade special 
um, that had been modified, adapted to, to sort of work with a direct drive wheel and then finally struck a deal with Next Level and, and finally have a, a good rig, finally. <laughs> was it sad? Was there a tear in the eye when you pulled the other one apart? Yeah, yeah, pretty sad. It, it, it came apart sort of in pieces. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I actually, I passed it on to a good friend of mine here in Melbourne and uh, I made him promise me that he ever, if he ever doesn't have a use to it that he's got to give it back to me so um there's a quite a bit of sentimental value in that one so i could imagine there would be look mate it's been a great talking to you but i want to really touch on one thing we talked about it before the show uh, before the actual interview sorry history you've got with all these drivers you've been doing this at the highest level for such a long time along with so many people and these people who are now doing sim real life sim stuff as well What's some of your best? Well, give us your best and worst memory of of these fools that you're driving around with and banging doors with. Because you you're one of the most loved people out there. I'm sure that's that's the reaction people get when they see your name on the track. Oh, I don't think that's the reaction at all, to be honest with you. But um, no, I've always, you know, probably like I I really like what Max Verstappen does. I sort of believe in the more aggressive, nasty forms of racing sometimes, um, and that's sort of how I've raced. So. I think it's probably fair to say I don't have a lot of friends out there on track. But, um, yeah, no, I've always had good racing. Um, you know, I've actually always had a lot of really good fights with Jared. Um, you know, I remember my very first Scots race I ever won against Jared. That was a real highlight for me. And that was, again, sort of the thing of really pushing the boundaries of what's actually fair um, on my part. But I, I just wanted to win so badly. And, and Jared, again, he didn't take me out. He did the respectful thing. Um, and I've been lucky to have sort of, again, fights like that with him, even Sebring at the start of the year, where you're sort of right on the edge of what's, I guess, acceptable, you might yeah. say. Um, so, you know, Jared, Mads, um, even had some good races with uh, some of the other guys for the field, like Brady and Jake Maloney and stuff like that over the years. So, um, yeah, here's to here's to more of that next year, I suppose. And and how much how much do you think about those losses or those what could have been? Do you, or is it just that you're leaving everything out the track, and if you do lose, you just got beaten on that that moment? Uh, I've really worked on myself in the last probably two years as to trying to sort of not think about that and not get so emotionally involved in it. It still happens for sure. Um, you know, Bathurst 1000 in, in this series this year is probably a good example of that where I sort of let myself down emotionally a bit. But um, I'm sort of trying to move past that. And that was part of my sort of E-series growing over the last couple of years and, and, and trying to not think about that too much. So um, I, I try to avoid it, but when it does seep in, it, it does hurt. There's a lot of sort of bad memories around the place, um, you know, especially racing, you know, TTR cars and that sort of thing. I sort of think about how I used to be part of that team and, yeah. um, you know, but at the end of the day, um, there's still plenty of good memories to be made. Like yeah. even though I lost Sebring this year, um, that was will go down as one of my all-time best races for sure. Oh, excellent. Oh, good to hear you getting on top of that. Like it is the mental. I really wanted to talk about this season more to more people about the mental side of it because it seems to be a fairly big thing as well. But I'm glad you're working on it and you are improving. That's the main thing for you. So let's get on to that part where we thank your sponsors because there's a big, massive list of them, mate. For someone to be privateering at this level, who do you want to thank? Uh, well, I really just have to thank um, VRS and Next Level Racing. So uh, obviously, like I touched on before, I've been working for VRS for, for almost five years now. So, um, you know, that, that's been a really long partnership. And, and Peter and the team there supported me every year, not just uh, through sim racing and, and putting their name on my car. But but even when I was racing real cars, they, they put some money up to to put the name on the shirt and, and make sure I could go racing. So they've been huge supporters of my career um, and also next level racing. So um, I, I'm convinced that I have the best um, sim rig on the market sitting right next to me. Um, so a, a huge shout out to to them for, for facilitating that and, and helping me get the results. Now you can't probably announce anything, but how many of these guys will come across to you when you start doing the XL stuff or you're going to have a pretty plain car? Oh, well, to be honest, that thus far, it's sort of been a bit self-funded. It hasn't been too hard because, as I say, we've done it over like two years. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to 
reach out and, um, you know, when Emily or and I break it, have someone to help us fix it and be nice. <laughs> that it's, would be um, handy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been cool to see um, Ethan, you mentioned before, he, he's done a really, really good job this year and really evolved sort of as a driver and him having Logitech support crossing over from the sim to the real car has been really cool to see. So um, there's no doubt that, that these sim companies can sort of branch out to sim races in in real cars so um fingers crossed for something like that for us <laughs> uh, it does sound good quickly the vrs stuff how hard is it with real-time work and, and all the stuff to, to be able to put time into that as well uh it varies it, it, it's it's easy some weeks where you got plenty of time um but it always I always find it compounds on the worst weeks like the yeah. weeks where i have a shocking week at work and end up working 55 hours or something is the same week that one of my data packs goes to the Nordsch life you know yep. it's just uh <laughs> it compounds that way but um you know generally they're pretty loose with us and and we can as long as we we put good laps together that can that can help the students um as long as we do it in a relatively timely matter they they give us a fair bit of rope so i wouldn't say it's too hard um it's a huge privilege to be able to work you know, as a driver in sim racing. So uh, I can't really say it's too hard, to be honest. It's uh, it's pretty lucky. That's it. Is there anyone else you want to thank besides your sponsors? We've already done that. Anyone want to thank for, for you know, you being you, I guess? Oh, well, yeah, I, I really want to shout out um, Brenton and Jordan and the whole team for, for this series this year. Um, you know, obviously, I, I'm one of the more vocal when it comes to people not doing a good job. Um, so, And I have called them out a couple of times this year but generally i think that the things that they've done this year have been extraordinary um you know to come out in your first year and have without question the best social media presence of just about any sim racing series that's ever existed in australia um and and you're part of that too peter as well um it is really really cool and i can't wait to see what learnings they can take from this year and carry over into next year because to have such a solid crack in your first effort um it is really cool to see so i'm keen to see what they can do with a year's learning yeah that is it the big things to come i'm sure anyway thank you so much for your time jack i hope you get better and uh good luck with your last couple of days of work <laughs> thanks mate and thanks for having me on and thanks for that jake and remember i get a commission if anyone signs him up for their team uh, send <laughs> email straight to jake uh, or you can go via me and i'll sort it out for you as well now look he's a super talent uh he's definitely one of those guys that you you love to watch because you never know what's going to happen and still famously said man he won the first race didn't he <laughs> if you ask me and if you don't watch the broadcast and just listen to it yeah he won but uh he won, for sure yeah. <laughs> what, look he, he self-confesses it wasn't the best season but what a way to start the season for him oh mate i don't know that hollywood could have scripted that finish and, and that race and how strong he was the battle him and jared had throughout that whole night and um mate to have it end the way it ended is just you know we, we still look back on that and just think my goodness like how how could that be the opening race of a brand new championship series like that is just the icing on the cake yeah so obviously we're going to start there we've talked about it many times in this podcast series i'm sure but that is the highlight of the season right there's nothing to top that at all no it was brilliant i mean i guess i mean we've had good races we've had good people winning races but i guess the drama and the way that all unfolded because i guess you look at the exit of the final turn and i guess that's how i called it as a, as a commentator is i called yeah. it just assuming that everyone was going to stay full throttle and get to the finish line because they were only a couple of hundred meters down the road from the finish line um and i just assumed that that's the way it was going to be and for that drama to unfold was just you know if you had said that either jared or him weren't, weren't going to win the race with a few laps to go, everyone would have thought you were mad. Oh, yeah, definitely. The the, the, the odds on, I'm not, a, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, the odds on Brady Myers winning that race in particular with three laps to go would have been astronomical. You could have always yeah. written your own ticket. Yeah, and the bit that I loved, I've gone back and watched that a couple of times, is that you, because we were so focused on those two battling. Yeah, you didn't watch it. When I watch it back, you, you see the guys down the back just getting closer. Yeah. And closer and closer. And then before you know it, they're in the thick of it. And then one of them are taking the checkered flag. It's just, it's incredible. It was just an amazing race. And like I said, Hollywood couldn't script it. 
No, that's it. So we, we get to the end of the season, right? We've got Jared Philsell winning the championship, Madison Down coming second, Brady Myers third, Jake Maloney fourth, Luke Rosella fifth, Tom Freer sixth, Brenton Hobson seventh, Andrew Gilliam eighth, Joshua Anderson ninth, and Jake Burton tenth. You, It's not a huge surprise that a lot of those names are where they are, right? But the drama we got to get to that point, you've got the other other hot massive talking point of the season we've brought up many times, Madison's down, missing first round because of a power outage. Absolutely. You've got... Um, just the consistency of people like Bretton Hobson, the unfortunate consistency of Ethan Warren, who finishes 14th for the season, but had to miss out all the last races because of other commitments. Um, you've got people like Ethan Grigolt, one of the, you know, he's, he's won actual championships in real cars this season, comes in 19th because he can't focus on the thing. One thing we talked about big time with um, Jake Burton, how hard it was to fit this series around the E-Series and how much effort the E-Series gets um, compared to and then the, the the real brain fade that comes out after that because you've put so much effort in that and then all of a sudden you've got to do the rest of this series, the Supercar Pro Invitational. Um, so many things, so many stories that come out. The Enduro races, like what's some of the other highlights besides the one we always talk about that, that you stick out in your head when you go back through the season? Um, I just think like exactly what you were touching on is just how, I guess, how much pressure maybe some of the guys put on themselves throughout the year, because obviously they get the calendar in advance. They start to work out their year. They just said, you know, there's other series that people get involved in. So they start to work out their calendar with that. Then you throw in a social life. And if you happen to be married or have children or whatever the case may be, then you've got work commitments and everything else. It's like, it makes out for a crazy year. And then to find time in all that to actually do some testing some practice, getting yep. the car set up, you know, everyone's cautious of that, of being a part of this series and making sure that they are above that cutoff for that top 20, because yes, if you don't finish you know, inside the top 20, you've still got a chance to, to make it through. And that, I think that's, that's terrific. And that's a good incentive as far as our series to bring new drivers in. Um, but yeah, if you, if you just want to advance without taking any more pressure, you want to finish inside that top 20. So I think no doubt there was a, that played out on a lot of people's minds. And like you said, like Madison down to finish second after missing the first round. Like that, I mean, we thought, I remember I th saying, I said, you know, he will make his way up. I think he'll finish inside the top 20 pretty easy. And, you know, he'll make his way up maybe inside the top 10, but I didn't think he'd get P2. So incredible drive by him. Look, we can't go too much further. I'll go through the rest of the, the top twenty in a sec. What what, we've, what they put up on the on the website is the class of twenty twenty two, the ones that are automatically through for next year. Like it's a real strong list of names, but we have to talk about Jared Philsell in the season that was twenty twenty two. He absolutely dominated this series, and when you interview him before the races, it's like, oh yeah, I haven't really put much practice in. We talked to Jake about how little practice these guys need to be really good because these are tracks they do over and over and over and over again. But how much, Jake was saying, how much three, just three or four hours of solid practice sometime leading up to the race can make a world of difference at that peak level of thing. But Jared, just a class of his own, not this season, right? Yeah, he's like, he, he has been. Um, he's, it doesn't matter what he drives, he's strong in it regardless of what series and everything else. But the fact is that if if everyone wants to to take it to Jared and, and everyone else and, and our other winners that we've had throughout the season, they are going to probably have to do that little bit more practice just to raise their own game, I guess, because now that they realise that, because no doubt Jared's going to be strong again next year and everyone needs to put their best foot forward from round one so they can strike, you know, while everyone's on a an even playing field as far as zero points. Everyone's going to be on zero points and tied for the championship lead as we go into round one. So, yeah, it's it's really going to be interesting. But, they, yeah, they've got their work cut out for him. He did an incredible job all season. And, um, yeah, you can't fault him at all. Yeah, definitely. It was um, it, it was something special to watch, especially when he was really in that hot streak in the middle. And, and going into, you know, going into the Enduro season, partnering him with Dane Warren, um, <laughs> like – it was the results we all expected, but the fact that they did it so so comfortably, especially Sandown. Sandown was the big one. Like, they really just went at it and just, like, you go 500 
kilometers and don't make a mistake that's willing like and you still put a gap on the field like Dane Warren's something special as well and it's a shame we can get to see him battling it out with Jared all season but to see them two in a car together was something pretty pretty special wasn't it absolutely it's a bit like real world supercars is when they decided to split the driver pairings you know back when you'd think it was uh win cup allowance and everyone thought my goodness you know if they stay together every year they're going to win bathurst every year for the next how many years so yep. when you get driver pairings like that um you know those two did an incredible job and um yeah i just think that that showing and that class is just is, is a credit to them but that that really lifts the challenge for everyone else next year for people who don't possibly make the grid how much of the stock's going up in, in having a co-driver now because everyone will be chasing that ultimate co-driver just to take the pressure off the enduro series yeah definitely and the other thing we're talking about enduros and those co-drivers it was interesting talking to scott gamble who we're going to get to in a moment but the taste he got of this series being a co-driver and we're talking we've got other other co-drivers that are trying to now come into the main series because they got that taste of it and they understood how special this series was. It's going to be very interesting seeing them come in and then who they get as their co-drivers get on the track, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And the be- the beauty of that too is that we're going to probably see names that we don't really know that are in the thick of some of these elite series. So, and that's that's good to bring in more talent and more drivers from from wherever they may be, even around the world. Um, I think that's a credit to to everyone that's in the series and it's a credit to our championship series. And it, it's great that um, I think we've had a pretty good first season and, and to have that much interest and that many people registering to, to be part of it for 2023 is um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So let's quickly wrap up the final 20 people. Like I was saying, so Jack Boyd, uh, Wayne Burke, Richard Hampstead, Ethan Warren, Jordan Ross, Brody Kostecki, of all people, Blake Warboys, Marcelo Riviera, Ethan Grigolt, and like I said, Griffin Gardner sneaking in. Oh. Uh, he was 22nd going into this round and then did enough to get that final 20th position. Um, there's some great stories. There's some unfortunate stories, but some great individual races from, from the people below that missed out. Um, it's a shame to see some of those guys have to qualify again. I would have automatically loved to have seen them race yet again. But, look, you've got actual national and, and state champions of real car race driving. You've got a V8 supercar driver in that top 10, uh, top 20. You've got some of the best um, sim drivers we've seen for a long time. It, it's already a packed season, let alone this other 25 people who are going to get to a chance to qualify in next season it's really really ready to go but i want to take a chance to have an interview or get you guys to introduce you to scott gamble so scott gamble's come out of the v8 vet series uh he's actually a real life vet himself uh we touch on that just a little bit uh thank you uh scott for for letting me dive into that part of your life as well uh but it's just a round um, picture of what it's like for someone who's had that taste of the series wants to get in and how they've got to this point as well so take it away scott and welcome to the podcast scott gamble how are you today yeah very good uh pete uh thank you and uh yourself oh look i am great i am definitely great welcome to the podcast now we're here to talk about obviously logitech g pro invitational supercars edition where did you Let's go back to where you first heard about this series pop up and what did you think about when it first came up? I first heard about it. I was a little bit fortunate that I I heard it from Brenton uh, when they were initially talking about it and, uh, and, and getting the, getting it all organized to, to go ahead. And, and then from there, it just sort of took off and it was, it was on Facebook and yeah, it was, it was just really interesting to see the top 40 drivers, uh, in in australia i guess in the v8 supercars and how they went and uh yeah so i had a, a keen interest in it from the start and and to follow along and uh watch them race and yeah that's so you're one of the first people we've had on the podcast that hasn't actually raced in the series that's correct i've i did actually race oh, you in did the, the enduro, enduro side sorry yes but not the main line i think we might have had one other oh we had dane warren obviously um was only an enduro driver how did you find that enduro experience it was great um i was i was really fortunate for sebastian flock to ask me to team up with him and yeah it was it was really well 
run the whole series um and yeah thoroughly enjoyed it you know you're racing against the best drivers in in australia in the in the v8 supercars and uh yeah it was just it was just a privilege to be part of it Pete. it really you was drove it better this this season you or sebastian yeah yeah we had a we had a pretty good uh enduro really uh sandan i think we finished 19th and then uh bathurst was 14th which was a, a great result so yeah it was it was really good fun so we're heading into the qualifying series i'm looking at it now february 1st is the the most info i've got on it for philip island the the pre-quality series is going on right now i believe so you've got hungaro ring and winton are the two tracks we're doing pre-qualifying on what made you decide to jump into and try and qualify for this season uh, when you didn't do it last season? Uh, basically, well, I wasn't invited for the first season. Uh, it was an invitation only. Yeah, the word's in the, in the thing, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, but what really caught me eye for this season in 2023 was the, the format and the opportunity it gives us guys and girls that are outside the top 20 uh, with a... With a four-round format uh, for the qualifying, so it's it's sort of rather based on one lap pace. It's going to be based on over the the four races and where you finish. So a lot more emphasis is going to be placed on your racecraft and and finishing position and and how you drive those four races. So that gives uh, guys and girls like myself a, a better opportunity to perhaps be part of it where we might not have that one lap pace well we definitely don't to the uh the, the top 20 out there but over race distance um we might be able to sneak in if we're lucky well that's it we saw through the high the hot the 10 rounds of the season consistency paid off unless you were jared philsell um consistency paid off overall uh so four rounds we're talking philip island hockenheim Sandown, bathurst um you've got some great tracks there that i'm sure you've driven many many times before yes consistency will pay off and get you into that top 20 quite easily is there one of those tracks that you're looking forward to more than any other um i'm a little bit concerned one of the tracks i am concerned about for me is hockenheim i haven't done a lot of racing on that um bathurst i think will do okay at uh, we're reasonably consistent there, but um, yeah, it should be it should be a good series, and and just to be part of that series, even if we don't make it into the top forty five drivers for the uh, for the season ahead, at least we're, we're part of it. Like that's the that's the real attraction is we get to have a, a little mini four round series. We get to be a part of that, and that's going to be a lot of fun, and and really looking forward to that. Definitely is. Now, Scott, let's wind all the way back, mate. When did you first jump in a sim rig or when did you get into sim racing? Uh, you'd have to go back to, actually, when I was a kid, the, f- the first console I got was a, uh, a Sega Master System and um, wow. they had the the Grand Prix on that with the, yep. the motorbikes. But I guess that's, if I went way back, that's where it started. But if I went back a, a little bit further to, say, like league racing, um, and it was when I... It was Christmas Day many years ago, and I was on Forza, um, being a, a, a lonely single dad, uh, waiting for my daughter to come around for lunch. Um, yeah, I happened to be on Forza Motorsport 2 at the time, yep. and I was just driving around, and I met up with uh, another bloke, and he said, hey, we've got a, uh, a league here that's um, called Oz FM." would you be interested in doing some league racing? We know you're from Australia. And uh, so I signed up on that on Christmas Day, and that was close to about nine years ago. Yep. Um, and, yeah, been been doing that. Uh, actually, it would have been longer than nine years ago. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's where sort of league racing, and I know it was only on the Xbox on Forza, but from there it, it just progressed, uh, you know, into PC where, was doing F1 and R Factor in the uh, V8s and then signed up for iRacing and uh, I didn't really get the grasp of iRacing, you know, seven, eight years ago and then I came back to it a couple of years later and ever since then I've been just hooked on it. It's probably, for me, it's one of the, the better platforms for V8 racing and which is what I love to do. So, yeah, that's sort of how it all started. Excellent. So what was the catalyst to get you to jump back in that second time or, or even the first time? Like iRacing, was it everyone else was doing or people were trying it out or you saw it somewhere or what was it? 
Yeah, I I was on R Factor and we were doing the um doing the V eight races there, but I heard off a another another sim racer, oh there's this i racing platform and yeah, and that was about oh geez, it must have been that was about nine years ago. And when I jumped in it, it was I found it very difficult. I was like I didn't know what I was doing and it was a whole new you know, a whole new sim to to try and learn and, and that's the very difficult part about switching from one platform to another is learning and coming to to grips with it so i put it down and i was going all right on r factor and i was in a league there with um uh i'm trying to think who they were at the time but um yeah i was with them and we're, we're having a i was i was doing well having fun and but yeah just ended up going back to i racing as i racing grew and took off and become more popular it uh, was the place to be to do our v8s that's it. And then, so uh, for those who, who don't know you, that would be the people outside of V8 Vets in particular, like what, like V8 Vets is your main driving um, league at the moment? Is that where, you, where you're mainly racing? Yeah, I have been doing a, a lot in V8 Vets. I did have a couple of years off and I only came back uh, for the winter series um, this year. Yep. Uh, back into the simulator and i did have a couple of years off i used to stream a lot and a lot of the the guys in the the v8 community would probably know me from those days under sg1 gaming um and yeah i spent a lot of time streaming there and then yeah family called and we had to have a couple of years off and and uh we got that sorted and and came back into it so we've only been back yeah, maybe six months now in, in total from a two-year break. And what's it like? Because that's what I was trying to get to. You're, you're a V8 driver. You've been in V8 Vets. You're successful in there. You're, you're doing a great job over there. The, the YouTube side, the streaming side of it, um, how difficult is that? And what's it like racing from your eyes while you're also uh, making a video at the same time? It is very difficult. Uh just to get the the people interested in in content that you do, like I don't do it as as much as what I used to do. Um, it's still quite small to where it was uh, previously, and but um, yeah, it is difficult to be able to talk to people while you're driving and and uh, in race. But uh, I do enjoy doing that side of it. So I do a lot of uh, try to help people out with helpful videos rather than. Um, stream the races themselves uh so yeah that's that's where i've been focused on and i and uh just as an interest side you know to, yep, to race i guess because i'm looking at the videos now and um you've got track guides and you've got another new track there's some, some good content on there so can you promote that for me just so i get it so you get it right every all the listeners get it right yeah absolutely you can uh head over to my name uh scott gamble on youtube and uh, we have a little alias there called The Lone Soldier. Um, being ex-military, it was just sort of fitted in that I was doing it by myself. So, yep. yeah, uh, head over to YouTube uh, and uh, check it out. We've got some, uh, yeah, most of it is focused around the, the track guides with V8 veterans. Uh, we've got uh, three splits over there. So varying skills and a lot of new, new people for 40 years and over. And, um, yeah, that there's to uh, try and help them out but there's also some stuff with the uh, logitech pro uh, wheelbase that we've done um, we we're fortunate enough to have a a uh, an early release of that uh, wheelbase to test and, and give some feedback on so there's some settings there that uh, might help people out as well yeah excellent it's really good content over there by the way. it's um especially that logitech content as well so how did you get into that uh th through evolution racing team uh I first uh, canvassed with uh, Brenton O'Brien that I was uh, thinking never of making a return sorry. back. Uh, sorry? Never heard of him. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not many people have. <laughs> no. um, yeah, so I canvassed with him that uh, I was thinking about a return back to sim racing. And he said, look, Scott, we'd, we'd love to have you back. You're welcome anytime back into the team. And so I saved up and it took a few months and I was getting bits and pieces together and uh, the best I could afford to get back into it was a Logitech G29, a second-hand one. Um, I bought off a bloke who had it in his uh, in his shed. It was covered in dust and and that. So I brought it home and gave it a bit of a, a clean up, and it worked. And uh, so I was using that there, and and then um, 
Dean Hall, who was part of uh, Evolution Racing Team, and Brenton said, oh, how would you feel about testing out the new Logitech uh, direct drive? But you have to keep it quiet. You can't tell anyone. <laughs> and I said, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was it was great. It helped me. And I got a great wheelbase to test out. And and the noticeable difference straight away with uh, lap times and consistency was was incredible. Um, you know, we went on to, to win the V8 Veterans in split one with it before um, the uh, wheel was released. So... Yeah, it made a um, made a significant difference to to the driving and uh, yeah, the feeling of the car and um, yeah, yeah, oh. definitely definitely helped me with that. And uh, I was able to give them some great feedback on the wheel itself. So that's yeah, that's sort of how that it, came about. If you can win split one in um, in vets, you've done great. Well, I was one who potted around the back of split three and then never had any success, but it was. It's a great league if you are over forty and you want to get a have a crack at some V eight. So it's uh, Thursday night they race, isn't it? I've kind of yes. done it for a season or two. Yeah, Thursday nights. Get in Thursday nights. Um, they've got a new season started already, or they're about to have a new season start. Oh, they're currently doing pre qualification for season fourteen. Yep. Um, so pre qualification is at uh, a short track and a long track from last series, which so it's Bathurst and Sandown. Uh, they spun the wheel, those two tracks came up. And we won't start the actual series till around about the 5th, I think, or maybe the 13th of uh, January. And so it's a shorter format they're doing this yep. year there with only a 10-race season and uh, rather than the, the 12. Excellent. I'm not trying to, Brenton, if you're listening, I'm not trying to promote another series, but it is, if you're looking <laughs> yes, at the Logitech Supercar <laughs> Invitational, you can see clearly through Scott, a stepping stone to get there if you are interested, if you want to get yourself better. It's a perfect place to, to try out. They've got three spits, splits, varying difficulty levels, and, and always keen to help you out. So it's definitely a, um, a a launching pad to get yourself if you want to go to the Supercar Invitational. You'd agree with that one? Yeah, absolutely. It is, uh, it's a great community, and, yeah, it, it is a, a really good start for people who are 40 years and over to, yeah, launch into the the logitech and uh invitational series so and that's and that's exactly what it's done for me um if i hadn't have well if i hadn't had this wheel and pedals from logitech and also had that series behind me over at uh there i probably wouldn't have been able to have the confidence to um to sign up for the logitech uh invitational for the series of heads Oh, that's excellent. That's a good series. So let's talk. Uh, I just can I talk quickly about the military background? Like, where did you serve, and um, so what what company were you with, that kind of thing, or, or who who were you with? Yeah, I was uh, based in Darwin with the Second Cavalry Regiment up there, and um, yeah, I absolutely loved the military. It was it was one of those things. Unfortunately, I was retired uh, early on on medical grounds, and yep. uh, yeah, that was a a really tough time um that was back in 2004 and uh, i guess that's where the sim racing took over you know i was by myself going through a lot of that uh military stuff and yeah if i hadn't have had say the gaming to do and the people that i met on the community um you may not meet them face to face but you get to talk to them mm-hmm. uh it really really actually helped me through that uh that that sort of dark period of of life and the transition from uh, military back into civilian life, I guess. Yeah, I could imagine because it's obviously you've got a very structured format and um, you're going out into the open world and, and you've got all these things. And then, but iRacing, the community is the big driver behind iRacing, I guess. And that's why I'm still sticking around with it at the moment because the community is so good. And, and as you said, you don't meet these people, but you, they're, they're great friends. But the structure of doing lap after lap after lap, were you always a racing person from, from day one? Like, we followed racing as you grew up? Yes, I did. Um, as I said, yeah, I've had many consoles and games uh, prior and, you know, some standout ones were uh, Project Gotham 3 and, and Toka Touring Cars and all those sort of things that, you know, Gran Turismo that I'd raced along the years. So, yeah, definitely had followed the uh, the racing and, and also the V8 supercars as being Australian. It's sort of ingrained into you that... It's uh, something that you follow and your mates do, and and uh, yeah, yeah, always been into the uh, the racing side of it. The 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 structure of the military coming into i racing that helped you in races at all, like um, you know, be able to obviously practice for it and get the right um, practice 
up for it, but also the pressure of racing as well? Uh, yes and and no. I guess there's been it does in in that it does give you a structure like being that there is a time a day um, a certain formats to follow, and I think that's probably one of the big attractions to the Logitech series is that that structure within the race itself. It's something that really appeals to me. Um, you know, you've got your times, your days. You know exactly what you what you're doing, where you have to be, and it's uh, well advertised. So they're appealing to people like myself and I'm sure others who like you say from that military structure point um and the the other side of it is you know the pressure with people like me who have had injuries in the military and and stuff like that sometimes you've you've got to work really difficult um uh, really hard with the, the with that to uh yeah overcome it and I think that the racing side of it actually helps you deal with that sort that sort of it I, I know it might not make sense to some and i don't want to go into it too much yep. uh detail but i'll try and yeah try and brush on the side that 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 racing side the pressure the the stress that it sometimes puts you under um it does actually help in its own way yep. uh with the military but yeah you have to face some demons prior and uh work with it and and go from there, you know. Well, I could imagine. Look, thank you for your service. Anyway, it's um, really good to talk to you about that kind of stuff, and I'm glad you uh, you talked about it a little bit. But um, let's go back to the actual serious racing side of it. You race for a team. You've had Evolution. You've, you've met and mentioned Breton. What was it like racing for a team? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's uh, you know, you get to jump on Discord, have a chat with them uh, when there's big races coming up. Is all get in together and you're working together towards a common goal, and that's uh, whether it's tuning a set or, or you've got your your teammates helping you in and uh, being positive to encourage you to do better, and you know you want to better yourself for your mates and your team. So that's uh, yeah, being part of a team. If you're not part of a team, you know, and that's fine, absolutely. Um, but. If you can, yeah, I definitely recommend getting a good team um, like Evolution Racing Team. Um, I'm not sure how other teams structure themselves, but, yeah, I absolutely love it there and they've been fantastic to me and, um, yeah. Excellent. Well, look, I want to give you this moment to thank anyone who's who's helped you in, with your racing and, and, and obviously any sponsors you've got. Um, yeah, who, who's helped you get here and what sponsors have you got there, Scott? Um. I guess there's a, a shout out to a couple of mates. I guess it all started for me in the team side of it with uh, Delta Force Racing. So a big shout out to um, Adrian Zill, who got me into that team side of it uh, many years ago. And um, and then from there, we progressed to up to Evolution Racing Team, which I was super stoked to be part of. Um, and and the, the guys and girls within the team. So thank you. Thank you very much to them. You know, that's they've helped me and uh, supported me along the way. Um, big shout out to Logitech G. Uh, I use their gear. I use their, their pro pedals and the, the pro wheel and absolutely love it. Um, it's It's been the best wheel and pedal combos that I've ever used. So it, and it's definitely helped me within racing. Um, and yeah, you know, shout out to, to Brenton. I, mean, I think he doesn't probably... Brenton O'Brien, that is. He probably doesn't get enough credit for what he actually does within the sim racing here in Australia. He um, he does a lot in the background and often doesn't ask for any um, accolades or or deserving remarks. But yeah, he is a a big push behind what's happening in the the sim racing world in Australia. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for that, Scott. Look, thank you for your time and thank you for. For, you know talking to us about how you got into sim racing and all everything involved in that uh good luck with this qualifying series as well we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you get into the main series and then hopefully interviewing you when you've had a really good race uh, later on in 2023 but you have a good christmas as well and yeah we'll talk to you again soon all right thank you very much pete and uh yeah you have a good christmas and new year too mate and best of luck, Scott, for the qualifying series that you're about to jump into. It is going to be just crazy. I can't wait to watch it. It's all the way through February, the actual series is. Uh, they've got pre-quality going at the moment. But Sandman, a four, he brings it up in his uh, interview, 
a four-part qualifying series, not just a one-off race, not just a hot lapping until you get the best times, but an actual race series to four parts. It's going to reward consistency. It's going to reward people who are not spinning out. Like one crash or one DNF in this series is going to really cost you. How excited are you to watch that unfold rather than just a you know, one-off pre-quality and the, and the fastest guys get in? I think it's great because you don't want, I mean, let's just say you had someone that was a one-track wonder and that they went, it just happened to fall on, like, let's just say, let's use me for an example. Let's just say I'm amazing around Winton and then the series happens to go to Winton. Then I think, oh, beauty, I'm going to get myself in here, no problems. But then you go to a different track and I'm absolute garbage. So I think it's good that it, it spreads it out over different racetracks. It shows I guess the the intensity of it all that knowing that you pretty much have to bring your A game and be good throughout all those races. Um, so I think it's good. I don't. I'm I'm glad that it's not just a a one track or one qualifying session just to get in. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. We are going to three of the most iconic places in Australia. I'm really excited about this round one, Phillip Island, round three, Sandown, round four, Bathurst, Hockenheim. Though, what a, a bold and unique choice. I love it. Uh, it's the one that Scotty said that he was a little bit anxious about because he just doesn't have that much practice around it. Is that the round that you're going to be paying most attention to because it's going to throw up a surprise, you you would believe? Yeah, well, it's good that, like I said, there's going to be some drivers, and I'm not saying that this is drivers in our series. There, there are drivers around the world that have their favourite tracks, and some people may just be happy with just their local tracks. Like, we're lucky to have the likes of Phillip Island and Sandown and Winton and Oran Park, all the rest of it. So to take take them away from a different racetrack, possibly out of their comfort zone, I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. And, and the action we saw from Hockenheim this year, um, yeah. we did go there, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not imagining it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was it was uh, door banging. It was great. It's going to be really fun. But look, uh, finishing it with Bath is so much on the line with a track that I was racing around today, and I don't think I could do four laps without hitting the wall. Um, <laughs> it's it, once again, it's going to be something special as well. But that's the first of Feb, eighth of Feb, fifteenth of Feb, and the twenty second of Feb are those dates for those four rounds. Out of that, we'll then crown our actual two thousand twenty three pros that are being invited into the Supercar Pro Invitational. Uh, and from there, we are going to have another season, and I can't wait. It is going to be exciting. I'm not going to ask you to predict who's going to win because that's just <laughs> stupid. Um, but, Sam, man, how excited are you for this season coming up? For 2023, the second running of the Pro Invitational, what, do you, what what's your thoughts so far? Um, the, the fact that we're going to have some unknowns. We already know about the top 20 that are making it through. So to have that unknown and not know what sort of drivers we've got in store for 2023, I think that raises the excitement level twofold. Um, so to have a little bit of that unpredictability at the moment is going to be great. Um, I love that everyone's really going to have to lift their A game now um, because we're going to take it to another level for next year. And, and like I said, the unknowns of who may be driving the series, we may have someone that's really taken it to the likes of Madison Down and and Jared Philsell and everything else. So really looking forward to seeing it all kick off. Can't wait to see how it all unfolds throughout the qualifying series and then just to see who that lineup is for 2023. I can't wait. I'll just run you through some of the qualifying. I didn't I said it well, like I didn't want to go through them all, but just some of the names here. Like we got Kobe Jones who got third this year at um, Belle Isle. Got Sebastian Flock, who was up there a, a lot of times this year. Sean McNamara is coming back. Lee Ellis is coming back. Uh, you know, those kind of names. But then you've got um, Alan Dawson from Wright Sim Racing, I've never heard of, but I'm really excited to see him race. Um, Bailey Hall, Thomas Freeman, Connor Nixon, uh, the, Tyson Broad. Names that you just don't hear very often in at this level. And we've got Scott Gamble's coming through for Evolution. Evolution's having a big crack this year. We've got some fishy motorsport guys uh, coming through, Thomas Freeman and uh, Michael Angus. Uh, Brady Ballwood, a guy I've had on my other uh, uh, podcast as an interview, uh, is having a crack this year as well. Uh, Benjamin Smith. Uh, there's just the list goes on. There's Hayden Harrison. Justin Clayton, 
Brian Borg, Corey Shepard, um, Kurt Stenberg. Like these guys are all fighting. The list just is massive. So um, Daniel Yeaman, um, a guy I've rubbed doors with when he's been lapping me a few times in the past. So, <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's really exciting. And if you haven't, I, I'm, I'm not even going to tell you to get into it because, look, I just can't wait to see it. It's going to be great um, if you haven't followed any of the social media go chuck on it jake burton in his interview tells us how much how much that side of this series is better than than anything going around at the moment that the real the marketing and the social media side of of the supercar series is great so go check out the facebook page the website uh, all that kind of stuff get in so you don't miss a little a single piece of the action but sam man you're coming back for next year I believe so. Uh, I mean, they haven't told me they wanted me, but uh, we'll see. Um, again, I've been I've been thrilled that they've actually put the trust in me to invite me to be part of this series. But um, I hope they do. Uh, you know, it's a great series. But hey, if they if they kick me out of the commentary box and put someone in, uh, I won't be missing a race because I think we're in we're in store for something pretty special. And um, again, like you said, mentioning the the websites and stuff like that. Make sure you go and check it out. You know, there's some gorgeous photos of our champion Jared Philcell holding those trophies. So, um, yeah, that's really cool. So, big beautiful man, isn't he? Ah, oh, yeah, mate. If you look up um, "man" in the dictionary, there's this picture right there. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's good. It's um, yeah, I'm excited to see what 2023 brings. And uh, like I said, if I'm not in the commentary box, I'll, I won't be missing a race. That's for sure. Yeah, look, we're we're, we're finalising everything, mate. But these guys have got a lot of stuff. In the works, obviously, season one, they've got a lot of lessons to learn, and but they know what they did right and they know what they need to improve on. And I can tell you now they've got some big, big plans. So keep an eye out. Uh, the Paddock podcast, I believe, is, is still in the works to be part of it. I've just got to nut down some things on my end to work out what I'm doing with it. Um, but, yeah, look, thank you, Sam, man, for jumping in mid, mid-season or early on this season and helping me get through this, uh, making me look better than i am which is is hard to do but thank you (laughs) um and thank you to all those people who have listened each and every week jake said that he hasn't missed an episode and he really enjoys it so it's one of the very few bits of feedback i've got about the podcast but look thank you to everyone who has been listening to it uh if you can go give it a review on spotify or thumbs up on spotify whatever you got to do to it but if you if you can subscribe to it review it if you uh, podcast up a choice has a review uh, or, or rate it or any of those things kind of things it just helps us with the analytics in the background so um, thank you everyone who's, who's listened all year and I guess we'll talk to you in 2023 and good luck to all those drivers trying to qualify over the next couple of weeks 